you need a piece of paper? No. Morning. Well, this is a beginner's class. You know that. That's the advanced class. This is beginners. You just know that. It's <laughs> <laughs> up to you, but you know, it's at your own risk. You need a pen, paper, and a sitter. You're David. We need a pen, paper, and a sitter. Okay, so let's begin. Yeah. Let's go to the very first bracha that we say in the Surah, the very first bracha. Okay, so what's the very first bracha we say? So let's look at this bracha. So the bracha begins by Baruch HaTo Hashem. Very interesting, giving a bracha to Hashem. Very interesting, we'll talk about this later. What that means, giving a bracha to Hashem. Don't we want a bracha from Hashem? We want Hashem to give us, we, we, we need the brachas, yeah. But here for some reason, not just this bracha, but all the brachas, we are giving brachas to Hashem. That's very interesting. I'll have to get to that later, what that means, giving a bracha to Hashem. But that's what we're doing. Bracha to Hashem. Alekeinu. Melchayilam. So we describe Hashem. We need over here a sitter and, uh, and a pen and paper. So we, we describe Hashem, his relationship to us. He's a Lekeinu. He's our God, okay? And then Melech he's the king of the whole world. So on one hand, we discuss his relationship to us, Alekeinu, then we say he's the king of the world. Then we say, Asher Kiddushana B'mitzvah He, what does Kiddushana mean? He sanctified us with his mitzvahs, and he commanded us to wash the hands. Now, in this bracha, are we addressing Hashem second person or third person? First. Second. Third. Both. Yeah, it's both. Second and third. Second and third. We start off saying both ato Hashem. That second person, ato. But then, pretty quickly, we switch and we say Kiddushano b'mitzvah He made us holy with his mitzvahs. There's a certain prayer we have that says, Katsheinu b'mitzvah secha. that familiar? Mm-hmm. Huh? Where do we say that? Katsheinu b'mitzvah secha? On Shabbos. We say, Katsheinu, make us holy with whose mitzvahs? Mitzvah secha. Second person or third person? Second. Second secha. Here, we say, Asher Kiddushanu b'mitzvah secha? Mitzvah secha. Okay, third person. So from second person, we channel to third person. It's a little less personal. Right. Okay, and this is true not only for this blessing. By many blessings, you're going to find the same system. Second person and third person. Now, the reason for this is this is something which is discussed by uh, Rishonim. Shainim discusses the Rashba. This is discussed by different uh, commentaries. And they say that a bracha is meant to express the relationship that we have with Hashem and Hashem is with us. It's about a relationship. And in this relationship, there are two parts. There's a part of the relationship which is accessible, more apparent. And there's a part of the relationship which is more distant. It's removed. 
So that's a double relationship we have with Hashem. On one hand, there's a closeness, an attachment. On the other hand, there's a distance. That's why in the bracha we indicate this by having second person. Second person tells us, what does it indicate? Closeness. Closeness. So close, I could say, I taught you. Very close. But on the other hand, it's the third person, because there's distance also, there's closeness and distance. That's our relationship. Now, what does it mean, closeness and distance? What does closeness and distance mean? How could he be both close and distance? And what does it mean, closeness and distance? What is that supposed to mean? So the the more basic understanding of this is closeness means that uh, whenever we dive to him, he hears us. Okay, how could you prove from the sitter that whenever we dive, he hears us? What does it say, so? Shmei Tefillah, right? And Shmei Nasri and Amida, right? So we have a a blessing that says that. If you go, uh, if you have these boosts to do on page 50, so we have a very interesting blessing there. Page 50, the second blessing of page 50. There's almost a contradiction in this blessing. Shmakileinu, hear our voice. If you look at it, there's almost a contradiction. There's what seems to be a contradiction. Okay, we, we need a sitter here and a pen and paper. There's a sitter here. Almost a contradiction. Yeah, do you see almost a contradiction? Yeah, let's hear. Why are we asking him to hear our voice when we know that it says he hears all prayers? That's right. That's right. In the very same paragraph. First we beg Hashem, listen to us, hear our voice. And we, we reinforce that by saying, you are merciful father of a Rachman. And again we ask, Kabul but that's the first half. The second half is, you know what the reality is? You listen to prayers. And then we say, you listen to the prayer of every person. It's almost a contradiction. You're asking for him to listen, but then you say he listens. We're not going to get to what this means right now. But the reality is, the part that's concerning us is, we say Hashem listens to everyone. You listen to everyone. Hashem listens to everyone. Even though you could ask a question, what do you mean you listen to everyone? We, we sometimes ask Hashem things and he doesn't seem to be listening to us. We ask Hashem, one of the blessings is for healing. We ask Hashem for sustenance. We all have needs. We ask Hashem. And uh, we don't always see an answer. We don't always see that Hashem heard us. So what does it mean that Hashem hears Feels cold, peh. Hears everyone. I mean, you hear everyone. Oh, he, yeah. He heard, but he just said no. So, what does it help us? <laughs> you hear everyone, we say no. It's like we're praising Hashem. You hear everyone, and you say no. You're not now. Not now? Okay, that's softening it. That's softening it. Okay. See, uh, there's different answers to this question, but just one of the answers concerning our discussion, the, the, the chidush, the novelty of tefillah, is that Hashem, when we pray, Hashem is right there. He's listening to us. That itself is already a very big chidush. We pray and Hashem is he's there. He's close to us. He's very close and he's, he's listening to us. That's, that's a chidush of prayer. And it's not a given. It's not like, well, how else could it be? 
It could be else. It could be differently. Who says Hashem has to listen? Like, are we in the same caliber? You know, usually, you know, uh, you know, two adults talk to each other. You know, a kid, a baby starts speaking to you. You might not listen. You might not understand what he's saying. And, you know, what, what, what do you have to do with this kid? You know, you don't even know this kid. You know, or sometimes a dog barks at you, unless you understand the language of the dogs, but, you know, like, so let him bark, you know, okay? Or a bird is chirping, you know, it's like, what's the connection? You know, when you listen to someone, there has to be some connection, some relationship, something. If there's no connection, then, then, then what, what, there's no point of listening. There's no listening there. It doesn't make sense. So tefillah is a very big chiddush. It's a very big novelty because the relationship between us and Hashem and Hashem and us is, uh, is infinitely distant, infinitely distant. That's more distant than between a person and an ant. Imagine an ant wants to talk to you. He wants to make an appointment to talk to you. Okay, I mean, you know, most people say I have other things to do. Well, it's busy, you know. So, you're dealing over here with, with Hashem and us. There's an infinite distance. Like, who says Hashem has to even listen to us? You know, what does it mean listening? He has other things to do. He has infinite things to do. He's infinite. So, you want to talk to Hashem. So, who do you think you are that you could talk to Hashem? You know, if you think it, it might even be a chutzpah. Who do you think you, you, you are to talk to Hashem? It's like uh, you're only a creature of Hashem. That's all you are. And you, and you think you're going to talk to Hashem. That's not a given. It's not supposed to be that way. And yet, Hashem gives us a mitzvah tefillah. It's a mitzvah. And that tefillah, even before you start talking... That already establishes a certain relationship. Hashem says, I'm waiting for you. Please talk to me. That's called prayer. Let, let, let's have, let's have a, 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 you know, let's have communication. Talk to me. That's prayer. That's the gift of tefillah. It's a gift. And the word tefillah also means connection, connecting. Merging. Tefillah is a certain merging between us and Hashem and Hashem and us. So Shemir Tefillah doesn't, it's, it's not just that Hashem accepts our prayer. Shemir means He's listening to us. You know, that, that itself is, like, why should He listen to us? He's listening to us. It doesn't say He's going to accept what we're saying. But that's not the issue here. The issue is that we're thanking Hashem for listening to us, for being there. This is not the only answer because it's much more than that much deeper than what I was saying. I'm just saying one, one concept, one part of this. So, so Hashem is very accessible because He's there, He listens to us, He's waiting for us. And yet Hashem is so distant because Hashem is infinitely higher than us. So He's close and He's far. He's far because he's infinitely distant from us. And he's close, he chooses to, to listen to us. So there's closeness and there's distance. Okay, we need a sitter and a pen and paper. Okay, so that's one can concept of closeness and distance. That's why the bracha, so many brachas, if not most, have these two components. There's second person and third person. Second person shows how close he is. Bo chata, he's close. And yet we say third person, because he's far. He's infinitely far, and yet he listens to us. He's there. That's one concept of, uh, of far and close. Now, a... Second concept of what this means, Hashem is far and close. Far and close concerning, do we understand Hashem? 
Do we have an understanding of Hashem? So when it comes to this, Hashem is both close and far. Close in the sense, yeah, there are things we could understand. Yeah. There are things we could understand. It's accessible. But far, far meaning that, uh, that, and of course we don't understand Hashem. We do and we don't. What do we understand? Very little. What don't we understand? Very lot. A lot we don't understand. We more don't understand than we do understand. So what do we understand about Hashem? So in the most basic level, uh, you look in creation, the creation of Hashem, and you could make a statement, as we make in the tefillahs, we say, Morabu Masech Hashem, Magodlu Masech Hashem. It's so amazing, the creation of Hashem. There's so many components, so many parts to creation. And there's so much depth in creation. When you look at creation, you're supposed to say, wow, this is amazing stuff. It's like you look at a piece of art, a beautiful uh, painting, beautiful painting. And if, if you have a talent in art, if, if it, you take a look at a beautiful painting, you say, like, whoa, this is so beautiful, so amazing. So when we look at the world, you could say the words like, whoa, this is amazing. The one who made this must be amazing. So number one, when you look at the world, you could discover there's a creator. You look at the world, you could discover a creator. And then, not just that there is a creator, you'll say like, whoa, this, is an am- this creator must be amazing. Okay, so th- that's a certain attachment, that's a closeness. It's a world that you could discover Hashem and be amazed by Hashem. So that's a part, that's a closeness, that's an attachment. Then obviously, just because you could say, I discovered that there's a creator and he's amazing, it doesn't mean you really know too much about Hashem. It's like you look at the piece of art and you say, the one who drew this was amazing, but what else do you know about the artist? Okay, like how, uh, uh, what food does he like? Is he a moral or immoral person? You could ask all these questions, you have no clue who the person is. You just know he's a good artist. So you look at the world, you say, whoa, this is amazing, whoever made it, but what do you know about Hashem? Not too much. Now, it's interesting to know that the fact that we could detect Hashem from this world, that also is not to be taken for granted. You know, Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu discovered God, that there's one God from creation. He looked at creation, and he discovered that there's a boy, was a creator that runs the world. So, this is, that, this, this is not to be taken for granted because we know that when Hashem created the world, Hashem created the world for a reason. The reason is, Dira B'tachtoinim, He wants to dwell in a place below. Now, below means that there's above and there's below. There's upper worlds and there's lower worlds. Our world is the lowest world, lowest level. There's many worlds. This is the lowest level. Now, what does higher level world mean and what does lower level world mean? And this is the lowest world. What does it mean, the lowest world? So what this means is in the upper worlds, Hashem is apparent. Hashem is obvious. The higher you go, the more apparent and obvious he is. The more exposure there is of of the greatness of Hashem. The lower you go, the less exposure. But then you get to this world. This is the lowest world. The lowest world, when you look at the world, you don't see Hashem. Unless you're going to meditate and figure it out and think. But if you don't work on figuring it out and you don't think, you don't see Hashem. You could look at a, at, a, uh, at a table 
and say the table, I could, talk, I could talk about the color of the table, I could talk about the weight of the table, but I don't see that Hashem creates this table. I don't see it. It's not apparent. He does. He's creating this table. As we're talking, he's creating the table. But, but we don't see that. It's not apparent. That's unique about this world. It's a tachtin. It's a lower world where you look at the world, you don't see Hashem. Unless you're going to research and think about it, yes, you'll discover Hashem. But it's not apparent. You don't see it with your naked eye. So that's what's unique about our world. It's a tachnin. It's a very low world. There's nothing lower than this world. There's other aspects to the fact that this world is a tachnin. Not only is Hashem not apparent, but this is the only world that there's an ability to actually rebel against Hashem, to go against Hashem. In no other world is it conceivable it doesn't make sense. How do you go against Hashem? The concept doesn't even make sense. Our world is the only world where you could go against Hashem. So Hashem is creating the world. And this fellow says, I don't believe in God. In the very same second, Hashem is creating this, this person. You know, this guy calls himself an atheist. I'm an atheist, he says. While he's saying that Hashem is giving him life. Hashem starts giving him life. The guy's dead. It doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. And while that's taking place, he says, I don't believe in God. This is the only world where you could have such a chutzpah. No other world could have that. Okay, that's the extent, more or less, of how low this world is. But it could have been worse. It could have been worse. How could it have been worse? It could have been worse that Hashem could have created a world where even if you think about it, you won't discover Hashem. Hashem could have made it, but he didn't. He made it, it's low enough the way it is, but it's not lower than it is. It's still, it's a lower world where Hashem is not apparent, but he's discoverable. If you think about it and you, and you, and you, you, t- you take life serious, you'll, you could discover Hashem. So the fact that we could discover Hashem in this world, where does it come from? Where does it come from? The fact you could discover Hashem, that shows that there's something in the world that has a certain degree of holiness. That's why you could discover. If you wouldn't have such a holiness in the world, then you couldn't figure out Hashem from this world. Because if Hashem is not exposed in the world at all, if he's not revealed in the world at all, there's no way you could look in the world and discover Hashem. The fact that you look in the world, you could discover Hashem, that's because there's a certain amount of holiness of Hashem into this world. As low as it is, but there's a certain amount of holiness. That's why it says that in the beginning of creation, the Shekhinah was down here in this world. The godly presence was in this world. You looked at the world, you, you, you saw Hashem. But then there were some sins, and Hashem's presence, his shechina, was uh, removed, so to speak. It wasn't exposed anymore. But even when Hashem hid himself, he just hid himself that when you look at the world, you don't see Hashem. But it wasn't such a hiding where you can't discover Hashem. You could discover Hashem. So in that sense, we say that Hashem is close to us. He's accessible. He allows us to find Him even within the world. And yet He's distanced because He's infinitely higher. As much as we could discover Hashem, but He's much more than that. So we discussed uh, the concept that on one hand Hashem is close, on the other hand Hashem is far. What does close and far mean? So one level of that is he's close. Whenever we pray to him, he's there. Yet he's infinitely distant. And a second concept of closeness and distance. Closeness is that he's discoverable. He's close enough that we could find him. And yet he himself is infinitely higher. So this is what we indicate in, the, in our 
prayers and our brachas, we indicate this by saying second person and third person when we talk about Hashem. Second person means, yes, he's revealed. We could talk to him. And he exposes himself. You could find him. And yet he's far. He's infinitely higher than us. So that's why the blessings have second person and third person. We, we need to re- keep on reinforcing this. Always to recognize how close Hashem is and how distant Hashem is. We have a uh, hundred brachas that we have to say every day. A hundred blessings every day. And the, the vast majority of those blessings have second and third person. You have Atah. The blessing is Atah you, but there's a third person there. Such as over here. So one of the themes of blessings and prayer for that matter is the closeness of Hashem and the distance. Much of the prayers will say the same thing. Sometimes second person, you, Atah. And sometimes we'll say him. You could say, Kigodol Hashem, Hashem is great. And you could say, Kigodol Ato, you are great. So we praise Hashem both ways, so close and so far. Okay, now we're going to go further in explaining close. So far we discussed close and far in two levels. We're going to go to the third level. Level number one was as far as prayer goes. He's close whenever we pray. Level two is that we could discover Hashem when we think about creation. When we're looking to creation, that's how close he is. Now I'm going to go to the third level and let's turn to to the city where it says, Va'atam Mechayas Kula. Anyone know which page? Where, where could I find it? Va'atam Mechayas Kula. <coughs> Thirty five. Thirty five. Thirty six. In some sedum, it's in the bottom of thirty five. May I? No, may I? Yeah. On the bottom of page thirty five. Okay, you give life to them all. Them all means all of creation, which we said before, all of creation, heaven and earth, everything. So you give life to them all. That's how they translate it. So let's talk about what this means. You give life to them all. See, in, uh, th- there's a word, mashpia and makabo. Mashpia and makabo. How do you spell mashpia? Mem shin, yeah. How do you pronounce How? Mem shin. Pei. Yod ayin. Mashpia. And you have makabo. How do you spell makabo? Mashpia and Makabal. Mashpia means the giver, and Makabal means the receiver. It's Mashpia and Makabal. Now, every Mashpia and Makabal, there's always a certain distance between the Mashpia and the Makabal. There's something the Mashpia has and the Makabal doesn't. Mashpi is the giver. There's something the Mashpi has which the Makabal receiver doesn't have. That's why the Mashpi is giving a hashpa. The Mashpi gives a hashpa. Hashpa is that which he gives. It's called a hashpa. So the Mashpi and Makabal, there's a distance, but there's different formats of Mashpi and Makabal. Some are more distant. And some are less distant. So let's take an example of Mashpi and Makabal. Anything comes to mind? Teacher, teacher. teacher and student, right? 
Rabban Talmud, each student, Mashpim Akabal. Now, sometimes the teacher and student are very distant, which means the teacher knows much more than the students and he understands much deeper than the students. Sometimes the teacher and student relationship are not so far. The teacher knows a little bit more than the student, a little bit deeper, but not that much. You know, it's like uh, the, the teacher used to be a student also. So it wasn't between the teacher and the student. The teacher's a couple years more student than the student. That's all. Not so much, uh, you know. So you could have a teacher and a student which are, you know, not that far. Or you could have a teacher and student which are very far. The teacher is such a genius. He sees things in such a deep way, so distant from the students. You could have a teacher and student which are very far away. Okay? So Mashpi and Makabal could be closer, they could be further. Now, what's the most distance uh, Mashpi and Makabal that exists? The most distance. Hashem and us. Yeah, Hashem and us. Hashem is the Mashpia and we're the Makabal. Okay, uh, using different words, Hashem is the Boire and we're the Nivra. Boire, he's the creator. Boire ends with an Aleph and Nivra ends with an Aleph too. Nivra. What is the Nivra? Creation, the created. Right, you have Boire and Nivra. Okay, so the Torah says, Bresh is Bora. Bora is the act of creation, which the Boire does. The Boire is the creator, and he makes the Nivra, he makes us, he makes all the creation. Boire and Nivra are the greatest uh, distance, they're infinitely apart. Boire and Nivra, there's no greater distance than Boire and Nivra. Now, Hashem is the Boira, where the Nivra, uh, the, word, the fact that Hashem is the creator is, is, is an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process that Hashem is the creator. It's not that he created the world 5,782 um, years ago. Okay? It's an ongoing process. We actually have a, uh, a very festive day that's meant to celebrate the creation. Hashem is the creator. A very festive day. You know, Shavuos we celebrate giving the Torah. Pesach we celebrate living with Zion. Which is the festive day that we celebrate creation? Hashem is the creator. Huh? Rosh Hashanah, okay. To a certain extent, okay, yeah. What else? Yeah. Isn't that six days before it? Huh? Six days before it? Rosh Hashanah. The creator of what? Of man or of the, of the just everything? You're asking too many questions. I'm saying an innocent word, creator. No, he's he's huh? Shabbos. Shabbos, that's it. Shabbos, yeah. What's Shabbos celebrating? Creation. Right. Huh? Uh, okay, you six days, seven days, yeah. Six days of creation, yeah. Seven days he rested. So what, what's the, what are we doing in Shabbos? We're celebrating that Hashem creates the world. That's why it's called Shabbos Bracious. Yeah. And it's not just that Hashem created the world, past tense. We're not just celebrating He did create. What are we celebrating? He is creating. And by the way, that's not all Shabbos is. Shabbos is not just celebrating creation. Shabbos is celebrating resting from creation. Whatever that means. But Shabbos is not just celebrating creation, it's resting from creation, which maybe we'll talk about later. Okay, yes? Um, on a different note, like, a, I'm going to keep that, but if Shabbos is, uh, is uh, talking about creation, like it is, technically aren't we all created, so why is it only a mitzvah for Jews? That's a very good question. It's a very good question. 
I'm not going to answer your question now. I'll just say that in the last words I said before you asked the question is the answer to your question. So the, the words I said right before your question answers your question. It's, record, it's being recorded, so you could listen to the recording. Well, what did I just say right before that? Shabbos is not just celebrating creation, it's also celebrating rest from creation. That's only for a Jew. This level of resting from creation, that's only given to a Yid. That's higher than creation. But that, that's a separate discussion. Okay. Yes? When we say that Hashem rests, we really mean like he, and I can't even say he stopped creating. He's constantly creating the world. So I guess right, right, right. That's, that's an important point. You know, we're not discussing what that means, but... but if we say creation is an ongoing process, then what does it mean that Hashem is he rested from creation? If he rests from creation, there's no creation anymore. There's no world. So he's creating constantly. So where's the rest? Where's the rest of creation? Okay. Well, it's, a, it's like a different type of rest, just like with the music. You know, when there's a rest note, it doesn't mean it stops. Okay, okay. So, so, without going to anything deep, just more basic, just the basic understanding of it. The basic understanding is that there's a difference between creation the first six days and recreating ever since. Okay, there's the initial creation and there's the recreating the initial creation. So, on six days, Hashem created. Afterwards, He continues recreating it. So in that sense, you could say he rested from the creation. But he's not resting from recreating. But in any case, resting from creation means something. It means a lot, which we're not going to talk about right now. That's a topic by itself. What does it mean, resting from creation? But Shabbos is, again, a double celebration. We're celebrating creation, and we're celebrating resting from creation. Okay, so Hashem... It creates, recreates constantly. So Hashem is the mashpia, and we're the makabla. Hashem gives, we receive. What do we receive from Hashem? Life. Right? We receive life, right? But let's break this up into two parts. Let's break it up into life and existence. Two things Hashem gives us, life and existence. Okay, it's two separate things. Two separate things, life and existence. You have a, a, uh, a cat outside that's alive and it's existing. And then the cat dies, so it's dead. It doesn't have life, but it's existing. It didn't disappear. So there's two separate things. There's existence and there's life. Hashem is giving us existence and He's giving us life. It's two blessings. Of course, they connect to a certain extent. But they're two blessings. There's two ashpot, two things Hashem gives. He gives existence, He gives life. And they're very different. They're very different. Now, when we say the words, what are we thanking Hashem for? Life. For life. For life. There's more to talk about that. There's a statement in Tanya about a deeper interpretation of, of Mechaya. There's a deeper interpretation that says, don't read it just giving us life, but read it also giving us existence. But that's like a deeper interpretation. But the simple meaning of the word is, we're thanking Hashem for giving us life. Okay? Every morning when we say, Moida'ani, what are we thanking Hashem for? For life. For life. Okay. But Hashem doesn't just give us life. Hashem gives us existence. Okay. But there's two separate things. There's existence and life. Now, the fact that Hashem is mashpia, He gives us life and existence. There's much more that He gives us. There are many details that He gives us. This is the very general. He gives us life. 
we get life from Hashem, we get existence. There's so much more. There's health. Okay, there's health and there's sustenance. You know, there, there's so much more that Hashem gives us. But the, the, the biggest, the, in, in the grand picture, the biggest things are, you know, the starting point is, He gives us existence, gives us life. So if Hashem gives us existence in life, uh, how does that affect us? Or how should that affect us? Well, it should affect us that, uh, okay, you're the boss God. You're in charge. After all, you're giving us life. You know, individually, you're giving every individual life. You're giving every individual existence. So what's the conclusion? Okay, you're the boss. You call, you know, whatever you say. Whatever you say, we, we got to comply because, you know, because you're the one that's giving us life. You're the mashpia, you're giving us. We're the makab, we're receiving. So we have to be subordinate to Hashem. Okay, that, that's, that's one of the consequences of this. But we're going to go deeper into these words, va'ata mechayas kulam. Deeper than what we just said. We just said Hashem gives life. But now we're going to dig deeper that he doesn't just give us life. Actually, Hashem is the life of everything. Again, not that Hashem just gives life. Hashem is the life of everything. So if you read the words in a deeper way, you are the life of everything. The actual life of everything is Hashem. <clears throat> okay? Now this is very different than the Pash Pshat, than the basic understanding. When you say Hashem gives life, that's an important message. He gives life. But when you say Hashem is the life of everything, that changes everything. All of life changes as soon as you say that. And you understand what that means. Okay, Hashem is the life of everything. Okay, now, if Hashem is the life of everything, the implication of that is, is Hashem close so far? Close. He's close. You know how close he is? You could see him. Because if Hashem is the life of everything, do you see life? Yeah, yeah you see life. So you see Hashem? You see life, so you see Hashem. Hashem exposes Himself because He is the life and, and life we could see. Now it's true that when we see life, we don't connect it to Hashem. You know, we say the dog is alive. The tree is alive. The person is alive. Okay, you use the word is alive, right? And you forget about Hashem. You could forget about Hashem. But the reality is, the dog is not alive. The tree is not alive. Hashem is the life of the tree. Hashem is the life of the animal. Hashem is the life of the person. Hashem is the life of everything. Which means like this, that when Mashiach comes, this is one of the important things that will happen when Mashiach comes. Mashiach comes, will will detect, will see that Hashem is the life of everything. He's the life of creation. He's our life. We'll see that. It's going to be so visible and so apparent that we'll look back and say, hey, how did we, how did we not notice that? We saw the life and the life is from Hashem. It's the life of Hashem. But there's a certain curtain that covers up that you forget that it's really Hashem. But Hashem is, is revealed. He's exposed. He's active. He's the life of the whole world. And you see life. So you see Hashem. You forget that it's Hashem maybe. But it doesn't matter if you forget or not. It's the reality. It is Hashem. So Hashem is very close. If you really dig deeper... How close is Hashem? He's, he's our life. He's the life of everything. That's how close He is. It's not something distant. It's very close. But that's as far as life goes. Existence is different. 
Again, Hashem gives life to creation and He gives existence. Existence He gives in a different way than giving life. Existence Hashem gives from a distance. The existence of creation is not apparent in creation. The fact that Hashem is giving existence creation is not apparent. You don't see it. It's not visible. So Hashem is recreating the world every second. But you don't see recreation. You don't see creation. You see the product of creation. But you don't see creation. If you see a nivra, if you see creation, a creature, you know there's a boira. You know there's a boira that's creating the nivra. But it's, but it's not something which, which is exposed and revealed. You see the result. You don't see the act of creation. Hashem doesn't show us the act of creation. He shows us the results of creation. That's creation. That's existence. Life is different. The life of creation, Hashem shows us. He shows us life. We see the life of creation. We don't see the, ex- the, the power of creation, of existence, but we see the life that Hashem gives to creation. So here we have an example of how close Hashem is. Very close. It could hit home. It's supposed to hit home very close. And yet Hashem is distant. In giving us life, He's so close. In giving us existence in a certain way that's far. Because you don't see that. Can that be seen on any level? That is constant. Yes, but, but, right, right, but not the same as 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 life. Hashem is the life of the world. Now, the fact that Hashem is the life of creation of the world, and He's our life, how does that affect us? How is that meant to affect us? Positively. Right. In which way? Right. How will, how will it affect us? Right? Hashem is right there. Right? 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 You, you get to love Hashem. Hashem is my life. He's the life of everything. You get to love Hashem. You get to appreciate Hashem. You get awe towards Hashem. And you can get Kabbalah soil. It's, it's a very deep, personal experience. The fact that Hashem is our life. Now, in Hasidic terminology... The fact that Hashem is our life, the life of all existence, in Hasidic terminology, this has a name. It's a three-word name. What's that three-word name? He is the life of me. Memale Kol Exactly. Memale Kol literally means Hashem fills all the worlds. Okay, it's another way of saying Hashem is the life of all the worlds. The life of the world. Mimale kol He fills the world. Now, the more we appreciate that Hashem is the life of the world and our life, Mimale kol the more we could love Hashem and have awe towards Hashem and so on. And this is a very important theme in prayer. And in Chassidus, the recognition that Hashem is our life and the life of creation. As we say in these words, You are the life of everything. Hashem is the life. The more we understand it, the more we have a relationship to Hashem. Now this leads us to a concept of the difference between understanding and connecting. There are things we could understand, but we don't necessarily connect to. You can understand and not connect to it. You can, or you can understand and connect to it. When we pray and we say, Hashem is the life of everything. And when we learn about it, we pray about it. So you could understand it perhaps, but it doesn't mean you connect to it. It could be a foreign concept. Where in your mind you understand, but it doesn't affect you. It doesn't touch your heart. You don't connect to it. 
So the purpose of prayer is not just to know that, but to really connect to it. Now, in, in, in uh, Hasidic terminology, this concept that you can know something and not connect to it, it has a name. What's the name of that? Huh? Makif, right, right. Makif, right. Uh, Makif means it surrounds you. Such as you know something, but it doesn't affect you. That's Makif, it surrounds you, but it, you didn't internalize it. So this concept that Hashem is so close to us, to the extent He's actually our, our life, this is something that we have to work on to connect to, not just to know it, but to connect to. And if once you connect to this, it changes your life. If you connect to this, that Hashem is the life of creation and He's my life, if you connect to this, you're a different person. It just changes your life. It changes your whole relationship to Hashem. And it changes your Torah and your mitzvahs and your down. It changes everything. So step one is to know that. But you can't stop there. You have to connect to it. Now what's the method of connecting to it? Okay, how do you get to connect to it? So one of the ways of connection is following the system of mushal. Mushal and nimshal. Mushal is an analogy. And nimshal is the analog. When you use the system of mushal and nimshal, that's one of the ways to connect to the concept, which will Amit Hashem continue next time talking about. But in summary, we talked today that when Hashem is both close and distant, as we say in the, in the Bracha, we discuss different ways of understanding close. What does close mean? Close, number one way we discussed was in prayer, He's always close to us. The second way we discussed close is... Discovering and creation. Right, discovering creation. And the third thing we discussed close is... Huh? Life. He's right, he's our life. And the life of creation. Okay, we'll stop over here. What did you say? Not 